With discharge looming, Patient US has yet another crisis on the unit. Patient US has also began describing symptoms that they have never made us aware of in the past, and they are also saying and acting differently than we have ever seen. What in the world could be going on? I'm Louis Bianco, RNCPS host of Patient US, initials used for confidentiality, and this is episode 28. Drum roll, please. Sabotage. That's right, sabotage. Hit the music. And old sneaks, I flow free, but no one knows me because I'm phony. I'm a rapid assessor, I'm the passive aggressor. You're a plastic pretender, in fact, you act as a censor. I defy you, not my truth, just what you find true. I'm not defined by fear, he defines you. Stone cold loner, show postponer, prone to alone, but been known to vulture. I'm a parasite, and I'm terrified of your glaring eyes. So please keep staring, guys, or I won't even dare Attention, try. attention, I need attention. I need to feed off friendship and presence. I need applause and some That's right. Good morning, everyone. As I said in the intro, I am Louis Bianco, RNCPS. This is Patient US, initials used for confidentiality. Today's date is Wednesday, September 16th, 2020. And my, oh my, what in the world is going on? As Patient U.S., nearly days away from a discharge we were unable to avoid due to insurance, is now finding themselves in a sticky situation as not only will they not be discharged on this date, I am not sure they are aware of how long their extension may be. A couple housekeeping items before we get started, as I like to do. Yesterday's uh, educational endeavor went swimmingly. Uh, I got to portray a patient who is currently experiencing mania to nursing students who whose clinical schedule has been altered due to the restrictions created by a pandemic. So it was an excellent opportunity to get this information in motion with the use of entertainment the acting part, of course, and it was excellent. Well done by the college, well done by the students. I look forward to finishing up the lessons tomorrow. Don't forget tomorrow we will be playing part two of a speech I gave to a criminal justice class at a university in their criminalization of mental health class. Part one was yesterday because I am not in the office, and part two will be tomorrow because... I will not be in the office. I believe that is all. So, sabotage. Before I worked in mental health, oftentimes I only heard the word sabotage in regard to uh, military strategies, if you will. Someone who can bring an entire strategy down by sabotaging it. So I, I, I reference the military. You'll often see this in politics. Uh, however, sabotage, which uh, using the Google Dictionary, as we often do, is deliberately destroy, damage, or obstruct something. That's the verb with an object. Deliberately destroy, damage, or obstruct. And the noun, of course, is the action of sabotaging something. 
So let's just break that down as we often do in this first segment. Deliberately destroy, deliberately damage, or deliberately obstruct. So in the mental health field, oftentimes you will see sabotage. However, it is not often something that you can claim was deliberate. Now, far be it from me if a consumer tells me that what they are doing or their outburst prior to a high-stress situation such as discharge, if they tell me that is not intentional, if they tell me that their behavior is mutually exclusive, then it is not my place to tell them that I believe they did it on purpose. We get into these arguments a lot. It's something I saw with the students I worked with yesterday. Sometimes we have a desire to tell someone who is in the middle of a crisis that they are doing something wrong when they say what they think about it. So I'm trying to think of an, of an example. Uh, describing myself as a manic uh, patient yesterday to the students, I told them I felt great. They told me my energy was too high. Every single time with some groups that I said I felt great, that I felt better, that I was so happy that I was no longer depressed, there were certain students who had a very difficult time not correcting me. It's that innate human desire we have or human impulse we have to make sure if somebody is saying something wrong, we correct them immediately. And what happens often, again, in mental health, is that when you do that, you are not going to obtain the trusting relationship necessary to deal with somebody in crisis. There's not many more items important to gain. When first establishing a relationship with a consumer in crisis, then trust. So if the priority becomes flexing your intellect or making sure they know that they're wrong, even with good intentions, please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. This is not a judgment of negativity. This is simply a statement that during crisis, being right is not as important as being trusted. So in mental health, sabotage is slightly different. And when you believe you are observing it, you are somewhat handcuffed to keeping your mouth shut, especially when you are interacting with the consumer. Not only that, it is important that if that is a loud thought in your mind, when you are interacting with the consumer, you allow them to tell you what is going on, why their behaviors have now exploded again, without the preconceived notion that you have derived involving sabotage. Because if you've already decided that their behaviors are an act of sabotage, then you will not be present when they are describing to you what they are experiencing. And that can be incredibly irresponsible, especially if their behaviors, in fact, are not sabotage. Sometimes we have exacerbations during high-stress situations. Sometimes the symptoms that have not been dealt with, the symptoms that have been avoided, the symptoms that have been denied, erupt because of the realization that although it stinks to be on a lockdown psychiatric unit, it is safe on a lockdown psychiatric unit to a degree. 
There is no outside influence. There are no pressures from work. There are no pressures from school. There are no pressures from family. If those pressures arise, you are surrounded by doctors, nurses, therapists, behavioral health workers, social workers, caseworkers. The list goes on and on. You have a safety net every single time you fall as long as you are in the psychiatric facility. So this leads us into the, the, the possibly possible understanding of why sabotage may exist on a psychiatric unit. The thought may be, I'm not ready. The inability, specifically for patient U.S., I cannot speak for everybody, the inability becomes not being able to say out loud to the people trying to help, I'm not ready. There's a level of stubbornness to this type of sabotage that is being shown by patient U.S. who would actually rather destroy than verbalize a vulnerability. Now, in and of itself, this is a sign that more work needs to be done. Simply that inability to verbalize a vulnerability. However, that work can be done through therapy. That work can be done through intensive outpatient. But once you see the behavior, once you see the explosion and the volatility, simply from the fact that they don't feel ready, that is when you start to look at what is possibly sabotage. Patient U.S. once again destroyed our unit. Knocking over trash cans, casting the puzzle that was being worked on by the other consumers onto the floor, all of that work destroyed. Starting conflicts and being verbally aggressive with not only the people trying to help, but also the people who needed to get control of the situation. It was not a pretty sight. The fear in their eyes is proof that it was more than just anger. And the situation is proof that they have a right to be fearful. Being discharged before being ready. I would like to state this again. There are few things that scare a person in the midst of a crisis, whether they're even willing to admit that they are in crisis or not, than being thrust back into the society or the situation that caused them to come to our psychiatric unit to begin with. I look back to my own life. I look back to my own recovery. I look back to my thought processes when I was young and in school and then hospitalized. And I can tell you that few things were scarier than the idea once I got a grip on my life within a psychiatric facility that I was going to be thrust back into my school with over 600 students, with people who knew I was gone, with people who may have known why I was gone. I began to recollect the behaviors I exhibited prior to leaving, the behaviors I was exhibiting prior to leaving. I remember all the times I cried in front of people and the wrestling practices I walked out of until I had this large swell of negative energy within me. However, I still would have rathered be discharged than trapped in those hospitals back then because... I was a a 16, 17-year-old with a roommate who was 40. A roommate who was receiving ECT talking to me about the horrors of getting their brain shocked at 40 years old while I'm a a 16-year-old who's getting scared out of my mind. Truthfully, 
things have gotten slightly better than they were. But it is not patient U.S.'s responsibility during their crisis to acknowledge that things were worse when other people went through them. It is not my job as a professional to make sure patient U.S. knows that they have it better than I did when I was going through it. What does better mean in the midst of a crisis? Are you truly going to rate the suffering somebody is experiencing based on your perception of stressors? If you are, I urge you to reconsider. Patient U.S. sabotaged their discharge because, in my opinion, they are not ready to leave yet. In my opinion, they have wasted their time here to this moment. They have spent a large amount of time being controversial and confrontational. They have spent a great deal of time talking about how everything was the fault of others. And they now find themselves needing to be responsible once again for the path of their life And they are also not ready. They have not gotten control of the stressors and the energies that have driven to them to their initial crisis. When this is the recipe, sabotage will be your product. We'll be right back after this message. Hello, everybody. I'm Louis Bianco, RNCPS, here to tell you about my first ever written work and published Mental Health Disability Perception versus Reality by Louis Bianco, RNCPS, now available on Amazon.com. This book is through the perspective from the eyes of a, of a psychiatric nurse as they describe a case of a, of a precocious young man that they cross paths with multiple times as he grows up. It gives you pertinent and objective information about the healthcare professionals, as well as pertinent and objective information from the consumer. What else would you expect from an author who has been a psychiatric charge nurse and a psychiatric patient on a lockdown psychiatric unit? That's me, by the way. So please check out Mental Health Disability Perception versus Reality available in ebook or paperback now on amazon.com back to you lewis so now we are going to get into the nitty-gritty of sabotage i'm sure superficially of course because i am not the person who can tell you about the depths of the human mind or the human psyche i am simply someone who is trying to share This information that too many people are speaking about, without education, I'm trying to share it and shed light on a more simplistic basis for a public who may not understand the depths. And let me be clear, there are depths. None of the topics being discussed should be discussed for only half an hour. But as I've said before, I am aware of when people begin to lose interest, and I am somewhat at the mercy of my audience, at least for a little bit longer. I have no problem with that. It is my goal to be heard. So as I understand what people like to hear, I want to make sure I work within that. It's similar to a chef 
where if I understand what you like to eat, I will most likely try to work within those confines. Now, you will find people who could care less about your confines, and they have every right to do so, especially if they have a certain level of expertise. However, I do not put myself in that category. I am an expert at not being an expert. So sabotage. How do we sabotage situations? Well, we can self-sabotage or we can sabotage the team. Self-sabotage goes along with this idea that maybe outwardly I am describing a desire that inwardly I do not want. And when I get closer and closer to this thing I am describing that I want, I make sure I don't get it. In this case, Patient U.S. is self-sabotaging because Patient U.S. has made it clear since the day they arrived that they wanted to leave. Hmm. I can tell you that we have made very clear to Patient U.S. what the criteria are for discharge. In the psychiatric inpatient units, a long stay is no longer what the doctor orders, unless necessary. Three to five days is often a stay for people who have experienced a crisis but must get back to their lives. I can remember my mother telling me stories about my grandmother, who sometimes, my grandmother had bipolar, by the way. She's no longer with us. Give a couple kisses to Mary. We love our grandma Dolly. My grandmother sometimes had to spend six months at a time in a psychiatric unit. That would never happen now, simply due to the profits being made and the money necessary in psychiatric units. You will lose money if you keep the same people for a long period of time. In fact, it is the high turnover that now allows the hospital to become the business. If you are good enough to leave, not if you are better, if you are healthy enough to leave, you will be gone. The days of staying for longer periods of time to really shore up the issues or to keep the world around you truly safe until your stability is actualized are gone. And six months maybe was too long. So as we see from many, from many issues that we discuss, in the past we've done things to a certain degree, and now in the present we have shot past middle, we've shot past balance, and done them to the complete opposite degree. We have gone from extreme to extreme. And our recogni recognition of an extreme that wasn't good and an extreme that may have been inhumane we have now surpassed humane and gone to the other end of the extreme we've designated inhumane to an extreme that is in fact also inhumane. If that is if that is wordy, I am aware I used the word humane too often. However, if you go back and listen, the message was clear. We often shoot past middle, the depressed person who becomes manic, the, ins the insecure person who becomes conceited, the list goes on and on. We can sabotage ourselves. So there's the situation there specifically for patient U.S. who has not wanted to be in the unit. They have verbalized a desire to be released, to be discharged, and yet they have been given a certain set of criteria that need to be met. One, including do not be a threat to yourself or others. 
And the day before they are to be discharged, patient U.S. becomes aggressive, putting others and themselves in danger. There is almost a guarantee that if a suicidal remark is made or an aggressive action is taken, a consumer will not be discharged following. At least when I worked in the unit that I worked in. And I can tell you that on any unit I would be, I would be in charge of, including the one the patient U.S. finds themselves in. The showcasing of an inability to control one's behaviors to the point of making sure they are not aggressive or willing to cause damage to those around them is one of the only criteria. It's the first criteria, in my opinion. Safety is the priority. If you are not showcasing an ability to remain safe, then I do not feel comfortable releasing someone, discharging them. Whatever word is non-threatening, for it is not my intention to hurt anybody's feelings with the words I am using. There was a time when words were just words. The connotations attached to those words were not part of the definition of those words. It is through years of behaviors and human interaction that we have decided what words hurt our feelings and what words don't, but as an objective observer, there is no judgment in my usage of words as they are meant to be used. Patient U.S. can also sabotage the team. They can sabotage the end result. And, and, and it may go to say that if one self-sabotages while they are on a team, they are also sabotaging the team. Even if they receive the brunt of the criticism, even if they receive some sort of negative Response: The negative has been experienced by the entirety of the team. If the team loses because patient U.S. has self-sabotaged, then the team has also been sabotaged. The shared goal has been sabotaged. The desire to work as a unit to achieve victory has been sabotaged by patient U.S. And here comes another, here comes another buzzword and their selfish need to sabotage. Not selfish as an insult. Selfish as in they may be suffering so greatly that they would choose to act in a way that would get them what they need at the cost of their team. My friends, that is selfish. Sabotage is often selfish. No matter what narrative you choose to have in your head, no matter how negatively your own sabotage may impact you, patient U.S. At its core, sabotage is selfish because it is purposefully causing damage, destruction, or obstruction. And if we were to look even more abstract at this, it is also selfish to your future self or to the self that's that full potential self that you would be still able to reach if you were able to get your hands on the reins of this current crisis. So you are not only bringing down the system that you are involved in, you are not only bringing down the team, you are also bringing down your opportunities and chances to move forward. So that in and of itself is selfish 
and we use the word selfish like we use many words on this podcast, non-judgmentally. Selfish simply means for self over for others. Selfless means for others over for self. My goodness, my goodness, is there a middle? Oh, sorry for raising my voice. We'll be back after this message with the final words. Hi, everybody. It's me, Louis Jojo. I'm fresh, and I've got to tell you, I'm hip. And if you like hip-hop music, I think you should check out my catalog of music at ReverbNation.com slash Louis Jojo. I have all of my old hits, and plus, we have written new lyrics to some of your favorite beats to showcase some of the demos for our upcoming musical. Who can forget about the song that you are currently listening to underneath my voice right now? It's a good one. And how about that song in the introduction, Attention? All of these songs are available for free download at ReverbNation.com slash Louis Jojo. That's right, folks, Louis Jojo. We've been putting the letter E at the end of hip hop for over 10 years. Back to you, Louis. You know, I understand that if you were to listen to episode one, and now we are here at episode 27, I may be delivering a slightly different product, but I'm okay with that. There are times when you can start trying to educate in an entertaining fashion, but as you realize the severity of any given situation, you realize that tones are necessary to be changed. During this period of time in patient U.S.'s life, I can no longer be the singing, dancing, juggling, and rapping nurse as they are showing high levels of volatility and inability to communicate an inability to control impulse and a skewed version of themselves. They have showcased a willingness, intentionally or not, again, here's that preface, just because behavior has meaning doesn't mean we are always aware of why we are doing what we are doing. But the onus will still fall on us long term if something is done by our hand. If I am sabotaging a situation, whether I know it or not, it is still going to fall on my lap because I am the one doing it. You know, oftentimes we talk about our intentions and there will be an episode on intentions because it's slowly working its way into screwing up the life of patient U.S., As they experience a behavior or exhibit a behavior, they describe their intentions and their intentions do not add up to the behaviors they are exhibiting. As we wind into our final words, I hearken back to a cliche, actions speak louder than words. Patient U.S. does not want to hear this now, not one bit, as Patient U.S. is not very fond of cliches in general. After all, why would they be cliches are overused and cliches have already been created? Patient U.S. wants to create. They are demonstrating a refusal 
to adhere to anything that has been created prior to them. So cliches, some of the greatest little tidbits of wisdom that exist are often cast to the side simply because they are quote-unquote cliches. I find that all very interesting because messages, as short as a cliche is, that have lasted decades, possibly centuries, and still remained true, are some of our greatest sources of information and advice that exist. To cast something off simply because it is a cliché is a form of self-sabotage. Actions speak louder than words is a true statement. You can say whatever it is your intentions are, and I can watch whatever it is your behaviors are. And if those behaviors do not match up, it will ultimately be up to me as an observer to decide whether or not I believe the words. This is not to say that the words are not true. This is simply to say that the behaviors have to be taken into consideration. As we look at the self-sabotage that patient U.S. has exhibited, we can see that they are saying they want to go home and they are doing everything that will keep them here. The action will speak louder than the word. And sabotage, as it often does, will continue to gather steam almost like a snowball. It will get bigger and bigger because as patient U.S. de-escalates from their current crisis, they could possibly be at higher risk for another crisis when we tell them they are no longer being discharged because of the incident. So now you will have patient U.S. in a situation where they will react poorly because they have not received the decision that they want, but they will also be at fault for not receiving this decision that they want. This constant shift from being the aggressor to being the, the victim. They will cause a scene. They will cause destruction. They will scare others and sabotage the recovery of the other people on this unit. They will scare the anxious. They will lower the self-esteem of the depressed. They will manipulate and gather the vulnerable. That is all sabotage because everybody on this unit is here for the same reason. To recover from their crisis and move on with their lives. The snowball gets bigger and bigger. Let me out of here. Keep me here. The words will continue to say, let me out of here. The behaviors will continue to say, keep me here, I'm not ready. And the people in charge of making the decisions will be the bad guys most of the time. My friend, sabotage is an ugly business. But as we've said about manipulation as well, there is a certain level of intellect necessary in sabotage. There is a certain level of social awareness and charisma necessary for sabotage. There is a certain level of bravery in sabotage because it is taking a risk. It's not only taking a risk, however, for oneself. It's also putting others at risk. 
And that is a risk that I am not willing to take. I do not believe sabotage is bravery other than the willingness to take a risk. So bravery by definition is someone who's willing to take a chance. Sometimes bravery is born out of ignorance and there is nothing to be praised in the type of bravery that Patient US is showing because their willingness to take the risks that they have decided to take have caused a serious amount of negative energy to themselves and to those around them. It has made a very negative impact on not only their care and not only their case, but on the case of those around them as well. It is very difficult when you share a space to make any decision that you are free from responsibility when it comes to the impact that your decisions have on others. That is simply a truth. We share a space here, Patient US. We are not going to discharge you. We are not able to discharge you. But we are also not going back to square one. Because as the person in charge of this unit, I am now someone who is viewing you as a threat to the other people whose care it was my responsibility to provide. I am asking Patient US that you please get control of your behaviors and understand that if you are scared or concerned about what comes next, your best chance to meet it head on is to share your vulnerabilities with professionals who are capable of helping you process your way through it. That will only occur if you calm. It will only occur if you humble yourself. And it will only occur if you find a way to be patient, U.S.